How's it going? Chris, did you have a good Christmas? I did. How about yourself and your family? You know, I think this might have been the best Christmas ever. Really? That's great. Yeah, we got to um, got to play in the snow Tuesday night. I think it was Christmas Eve, I guess. What did it snow? I think so. Yeah, flurries. We got to go outside and play with Luke in the snow. And I think at that point I came in and told my wife, I was like, hey, you can take back all my gifts. I'm, I'm good for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't really get a whole bunch here in my area. It was just like a dusting. Right. I know some parts of the area got at least an inch. How much did you get over yeah, there? We got a coat in our backyard. Hmm. Yeah. Not too bad. Good enough for the morning and melt away by the time the sun comes out. So I, I, I've been yelling for snow on Christmas. I think it's been about eight, yeah. eight years now since we've had snow on Christmas. And so to be able to get up Christmas morning, look out that window and see snow in the backyard, it's perfect. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is nice. I'll take it. I'll take it. So did you get anything good? Yeah. I mean, uh, got some books and things and clothes and gift cards and you know when when you get to be a teenager i guess the the gifts really you know aren't really toys or anything exciting like that but right still good stuff but right no, it, was, it was all great so yeah right so you're in other words you wouldn't accept an aew title belt if somebody got <laughs> you one i don't know i, I probably would I, I'd, I'd throw it in the, the closet i guess or in a trophy case or something okay i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna ask you a million dollar question right yeah, what's that are you one of those wrestling fans that wears the title brings the title belt to a show i have not okay. now i ha- did bring a sign once but I, as i got older i realized how annoying oh. That oh no 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 you gotta take a sign man <laughs> yeah I, mean, I did as a kid but that's not something i would do now because i realized just you know how annoying it'd be because you can't see anything you're sitting behind somebody but uh, when I was hey, when I was your age, and the first time I went to Monday Night Raw, I took a sign. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I can't remember what it was. I used to have like this big wrestling sticker book. I think it was a sign. It, I can't remember what it said. It had, just had a bunch of stickers on it. We were on camera. Hey, we were on the side of the uh, that the camera was facing. So we were third row. This down in Memphis, and um, I made. I took a. Uh, we got a. I got a neon poster board because I figured that'd be easier to spot in the crowd. And I wrote HBK Sexy Boy on it and had an arrow pointing <laughs> pointing down at me. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had that. <laughs> yeah, I was actually. I was just listening to uh, some of Jr's podcast about. Shawn Michaels' uh, 97 and 98 run. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I'm about, I got about 17 minutes left on it. I'm, I'm still working on it. So, anyway. Yeah, Christmas was good. I'm glad. I hope everybody got to have a good one this year. Uh, uh, you know, it, props to the people that went ahead and decided to stay home. And if you did decide to go see family, I hope you enjoyed it. That's all I can tell you. Uh, no judgment here. Uh, what Chris, what I'm afraid of, what I'm... Uh, what I what gets me is when I hear people complain about not being able to see family Thanksgiving or Christmas because of the restrictions or whatever, and I'm sitting here like, y'all act like y'all aren't going to fight at Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know? <laughs> y'all act, right, right. Yeah. Y'all act like you're not going to get into political arguments. So, yeah. uh, you know, so I feel really – so could you imagine going to a family gathering and there's like 20 people there and – Aunt so and so and Uncle so and so get into it, 
and saying, I'm never going to see you again. I'm never talking to you again. And everybody <laughs> leaves early. And then like eight people come down with COVID. You know, oh, what, yeah. a, what a waste, what a loss there. So, um, I hope, so I do hope if everybody went ahead and took the risk, that's, that's great. I, I hope you were able to enjoy the time with your family and that everybody was safe. So definitely let's cross our fingers on that. So anyway, yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, it sounds like you had a busy day. Uh, I know you recorded something with a uh, soccer coach in Ohio. Just tell us about that. Uh, Kieran Boyle uh, is his name. And uh, he's a, uh, he's a high school coach up in Ohio, up in Southwest Ohio. Um, Sounds uh, like a very good one. Uh, yeah, man, he's he's promoting the heck out of this podcast. He's doing a really good job with it, and um, it's called Coach's Corner. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be posting the video for it sometime here in the next day or so. Uh, and we talked about uh, we talked about Prime. Um, we talked about uh, Step to the podcast, Chris. I dropped your name in the. Uh, uh, I dropped your name and and your uh, ferocious uh, research skills uh, uh, in the podcast. Um, and basically, we talked about how every coach has a story, and I told him I was like, I think it'd be great if I mean you're talking to a guy right now that, in the grand scheme of things, isn't as experienced as some of our greatest high school coaches are. You know, so think of your coaches that have won one or two state or multiple state titles in soccer. Boys right. or girls, wouldn't you like to read that book? I would, yeah, yeah. I would love to read an Andy Shelton book or a, anything like that. I mean, right, right. So I, 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 it comes to mind when when you said state titles. That's that's one that, that comes to mind right away. Not even state titles. Not even state titles. I mean, everybody's got a different story, and so I don't think coaches. If we don't want, you know, if we especially if we want to. To me, if you want to promote your players, you got to be good at promoting yourself too. Um, uh, you got to be able to do both, and um, um, I think I think we need to. I'd love to see more coaches doing that. I think it'd be great. Now, not everybody's going to be able to sit down, and not everybody's going to be able to sit down and uh, take two years to write a book. But um, you know, uh, more people than me can do. If I can do it, I think a lot of people can should. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And just, I think all I, the main problem is people don't know the process and luckily you've, you know, you managed to know someone that's a publisher, right? Or works mm-hmm. for a publishing company. So that's, that's a big advantage right there. So. Yeah. That, that worked out. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, that worked out, but yeah, maybe that's something I can try to do in the future is sit down with coaches and say, Hey, if you want yeah. to write a book, here's They're probably thinking how realistic is it to write a book and to get it to where, you know, people can read it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too. I think too. A lot of coaches do just write down your stories. I mean, just oh, definitely take some pen and pencil yeah. to get on a get on a laptop. Um, blog. I, do what a blog post. Yeah, a blog post. Yeah. I, mean, I, I used to do that. I don't do yeah, that as yeah, much I've never anymore. Seen some of those. Yeah. Um, and um, then now, don't get me wrong. A lot of what you saw in those blog posts did end up in Prime. Um, right. But I mean. Just sit down and start telling your stories. People love don't under don't underestimate how much people love to hear coaches and teacher stories. Um, they the, people get a kick out somehow or another. You become the coolest guy in the room at Thanksgiving or Christmas because you've got teacher stories or because you've got coaches stories. It's unbelievable how often that's happened. I'm like, dude, I 
Wow. Yeah. It's a kid going to the bathroom. It's not that entertaining. <laughs> no, no, no. You got to tell this story again. <laughs> what did that kid say when he had to go to the bathroom? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so uh, if I can do it, I know a lot of people can and should. So, yeah, definitely. So anyway, uh, so are we going to touch on uh, Luke Harper. Yeah. Oh, this is just brutal just to still think about this this really hit me for the past few days uh when i first saw it i mean i hate to say it i thought it was a joke right then i saw a bunch of others chime in and go oh no this is something serious and um no it, it, it's heartbreaking especially someone that young and someone still in the business i mean it's, it's just it's just awful mm-hmm. and uh I, I just read something actually aew they actually uh, his eight-year-old son, uh, Brody Jr., I believe, I think that's his name, they right. signed him their contract, and whenever he's a, uh, at age, he'll be a you know a performer with AEW. So I thought that that's a fantastic way to make sure that he's looked after and mm-hmm. that the family's looked after. Um, but, no, what a talent, though. He had one of the, the best clotheslines in the business, I think, uh, along with JBL. I, I think he's he's up there with JBL as this. Is one of the best clotheslines and just a good worker overall. He had a good character, uh, you know, good mid-card talent. Just not much mm-hmm. else to say. It's just tragic to hear about that someone so young. And apparently he's been sick for a while. He's in the hospital since end of October. Right. And nobody had – none of the fans had no idea. They didn't want it to get leaked or anything. So, Right. I don't know. Right. Just awful. I hate to hear that. Right. Well, um, I think he's going to be uh, – I think when it all come, is said and done, I think uh, he'll go into the Hall of Fame as a member of the Wyatt family. Um, I think uh, – you know, I don't know if – I don't know how much of a huge – I mean, there are people in the – obviously, there are people he worked with that, you know, he made an impact on their lives. But um, overall, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if he's uh, – I don't know if we'll see a five-part documentary series about him, but no, no, I will we, say I will I will say this: ten years down the road from here, Chris, when AEW is doing um, is doing a, a you know a ten-year anniversary show, they will probably recognize him. Um, I would I will I think that uh, ten years down the road, if there's a document AEW releases some kind of does some kind of special and they recognize the people that helped get the company uh, started on the right foot. I think his name will come up. So, um, you know, he was, uh, he was able to leave some, he was able to make some kind of impact. He's not, it's, he's not an undertaker. It's not a uh, ultimate warrior or anybody like that. Um, but, um, uh, he reminded me a lot of him. Yeah. Snake. That's what he reminded me a lot Could, of. Yeah. Yeah, he could have. He could have. He might have uh, ended up in that in that kind of role. That would have been cool. Yeah, he was so. fitting well with the with Paul Heyman and ECW. I, I think. Right. Day. Right. So sure. Oh, it's just tragic. Really. <sighs> it is. Uh, you know, he looks so much older than me, but he's only five years older than me. So that's um, a little bit of a reminder of my own mortality, I guess. So, <laughs> awesome. Um, anyway, let's move forward. Uh, U of L and UK. Did you watch the game on uh, on Saturday? Yeah. Oh, if my grandma was listening to this, she'd be so disappointed. <laughs> She's a big UK fan. She didn't like some of my Facebook stuff. She actually called. Bummer. <laughs> she'll get over. She'll get over it. Yeah. Uh, no. What a 
that was just great. And we both teams looked god awful, but uh, we pulled out a win. That that's all that matters. I'm, of course, we're getting the you know, oh, congratulations! I've beaten the worst team in a hundred years and all that stuff. But who cares? A win's a win. You should see me on the other side of this. On the other side, of the, on the other side of the phone right now, I'm sitting here licking my chops, waiting to fire back <laughs> on all that. First of all. I can't tell you the last time that game has looked pretty in the last, you know, I, I, they play it in December and the teams just Louisville is never in top form in December. Right. Uh, Kentucky's best teams. I mean, uh, you, you know, you get those kids out there that are top five draft picks and they're ready to go, you know? So I, I can't tell you the last time that that game has actually been glamorous to watch. Um, now, um, on the whole celebrating factor, Chris, two years ago, I'm, I'm going to open up with this. And, again, I hope we don't lose viewers over that are Kentucky fans <laughs> here. But I'm about to, you know, let never mind the fact, right? Two years ago, Kentucky rolls in, and they beat Louisville, the worst Louisville football team we're yeah, ever going to see. Yeah, I was there at that game. I was at that game, too. Uh, had to leave early. So a guy that looked like Robert E. Lee, I think was, uh, he was ready to, he was ready to roll with me. And I said, we're going to go home. So, um, so I took my ball and went home anyway. So, uh, um, uh, well, so anyway, so after that wins, after Kentucky wins that game, they, uh, for the first time and, you know, I know that, well, they beat us. Well, heck in 2016, when they beat us, it was like the first time in six years they'd beaten us. They had a parade, yeah, and they gave all their players the rings. UofL football has Lamar Jackson and everything still. Right. Lamar fumbled. You know, that whole thing. Um, give me a break. He's the freaking Heisman Trophy winner, and he's the NFL MVP. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. He, you're right. He fumbled. <laughs> my bad. That's what he's known for. My God. Anyway, so um, so they they gave their players rings for that win, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, so two years later, they, they, uh, they beat us. And, uh, you know, Benny Snell and Josh Allen are at midfield after beating a 2-10 and ten team, doing L's down, you know. Mm. Benny Snell, the year before that, when, we are ab- when Louisville is absolutely bludgeoning UK at Commonwealth or Kroger Field, whatever you want to call it, he's down by a mile and dude is still putting Nels down when he gets into the end zone, and you're, he's down by like thirty points. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about let's talk about celebrating BBN. Let's talk about it. All right. Um, I, and here's what's also funny about they're in a way in a lot of ways they're like the Cowboys. Duke sees this a lot when when they win a game, when that fan base celebrates a win, they act like. Oh, this means we're, we we beat this team by twenty points. That means we're going to win the national championship. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. It's like it's like when you know how everybody overreacts to when Dallas wins a game. Oh, it means Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. No, it's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> and in UK is the same way. We can't. You know, they overreact. They're you know. I, I wish I had the blessing of short term memory that a lot of Kentucky fans have. Right. You know. It'd be nice to have that kind of short-term memory because the way they celebrate every year they when they beat us in basketball, every year it's L's down, L's down. So now, all that being said, at the end of the day, 
we did beat a one in sixteen. Louisville did. It's time to move forward and get better. There's a lot of things to work on. Like it's an ugly game. It's a lot of things to get better on. Uh, pretty much since Louisville's joined the ACC, I'll be honest. Since Louisville has joined the ACC, I don't really consider the Kentucky game the biggest game of the year. Um, I'd rather if you tell me, "Hey Jay, who do you want to beat? Um, who do you want to beat this year? UK, Carolina, or Duke, or Virginia?" I'm taking any of the ACC schools. If we lose to Kentucky, losing to Kentucky means we're going to beat Duke or beat Carolina or Virginia. I'm taking that deal, right? Because that because we're in the ACC, we're a top ten program, and you know. Kentucky game is fun for us to brag about and talk trash about, but um, those games tend to matter more in terms of seeding for the NCAA tournament. And um, uh, you know, uh, getting uh, you know getting to the tournament and everything. It's conference, so um, I hate to. Uh, I hope that I hate to sound like I'm big league in UK here, but uh, that's just the way I see it. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I, I'm getting flashback. You mentioned Duke. I uh, I remember in that game from I believe it was two years ago where we had that we were up by 20 and then they stop, <laughs> stop, stop, yeah. just stop right there, stop right there. You know, anytime funny, you say Duke now, and that's that's immediately what I think of. So. We won there last year, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it made up for it. But still, so I still can't believe that two years later. Stop. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to bring this up about Coach Calipari too. I'm going to rail on him for. Well, I'm not. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to rail uh, on him. Well, so much. let's just say someone that never has anything what? bad to say about him is uh, Dickie Vontel. His commentary tonight was just awful. Yeah, Dickie it, V was uh, pretty annoying, but Saturday he was on a different level of annoyance. Uh, yeah, I don't hate on Dickie V as much as everybody else does. He's great for college. Oh basketball, yeah, he does great Saturday, for like cancer awareness and everything too but uh, sure as an announcer though he's just i don't know <laughs> but get, he get back uh, to your, yeah what you no i was just gonna say all he did was talk about calipari the whole time and i think he felt like he had to defend you know dick fights one thing i do like about him he takes up for the coaches he stood i mean he's taken up for patino through all the stuff that patino uh put himself through he took up for rick patino he stayed by his side so I do admire that about Dick Vitale, um, assuming that you know nobody's a murderer or anything like that. Um, but um, as far as you – know, so I think he felt like he had to defend Calipari a little bit. Um, and I know ESPN has an agenda to defend John Calipari since Calipari's homeboy is like one of the producers there. Mm. So, um, so Dickie V probably had some marching orders there. Um, but at the same time, I got to say this. Chris, this before you were born, so I'm going to sound old here, uh, right around the time you were born. When I was growing up back home, you know, if Tubby Smith went into the Louisville game at one and five, right, and lost that game and became and was at one and six, he'd have been fired. I mean, there would have been people driving to Lexington to run him out of town right there. And I'm not making this a racial issue. John Kelly and maybe okay. Well, no, Tubby won a national championship. Well, those with Patino's players. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. You know, you gotta have you gotta have somebody responsible driving the Ferrari. You gotta have somebody a good leader in charge to drive the Ferrari. Uh, Calipari, uh, for whatever reason, has bought himself a lot of equity, and I think there's just a I think there's a boatload of people out there that don't want to admit he's not doing a good job. 
Yeah, you know, and there were there were Louisville fans that that you could make the same argument for with uh, Rick Pitino towards the end of his time here and Denny Crum, but um, you know, Gal has not Gal has not done a great job managing the situation. He's been he's been exposed. Yeah, I'm amazed year. just how much he's getting paid, and I'm sure Chris Max is probably get paid the same. They're all getting paid way too much. I think there's no reason John. I agree. Ten million a year. He just got an increase. In his salary, yeah. it's yeah. insane. You know, I'm I've sure he does plenty like for that. the community. <laughs> I'm sure he does plenty for the community in Lexington. Yeah. Um, but I, I can remember like it was yesterday. Tubby Smith would go into the Louisville game, right, with a winning record. He'd win that game, and it still would, and he'd get his team to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, and it still wouldn't be good enough. I mean, not even close. And there'd be people saying Tubby can't coach this and this and this, blah, 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 blah. But for whatever reason, Cal, uh, yeah. I mean, he keeps, uh, uh, I guess that recruit, I guess that recruiting pipeline's a little bit of a morphine drip. Yeah. I just, that. I'm not liking the way he's handling things with, uh, Fletcher. And I mean, he basically, from what I read, he put, uh, three other players in charge of it, uh, for discipline actions. And then, then he thought Atlanta was only four hours away. Uh, I don't know. He's losing his mind. I think. So. Um, I don't know. A lot of coaches. A lot of coaches have. You know, we're good thing we're talking about self reflection yeah. tonight, and that's something that John Calipari needs to do. Yeah. Every coach needs to do it. But I will say, um, he he needs to he needs to sit down and and hopefully he's looking in the mirror a little bit. We don't know all the facts behind the Fletcher situation, so I'm I'm going to reserve judgment on that one. But um, you know. Uh, there's <laughs> something's not right in that locker. No, there isn't. <laughs> so, uh, somebody, uh, and I've heard Jimmy or, or J- Jim Ross has said this, and he said it about Jimmy Johnson. Something Jimmy Johnson used to say. And he used uh, Jimmy Johnson, the old coach of the Cowboys and Miami. Yeah. He said, "I I can't solve your problems, but I can eliminate it." Wow. So, so that meaning we can get rid of the problem altogether if you can't solve it. And I've had plenty of conversations with players like that saying, hey, man, if you don't solve this on your own, if this is still a problem on Monday, we're going to have a big, there's going to be a bigger problem. So um, it sounds like he needs to have one of those, it he may, it may be one of those situations he needs to have some of those conversations with those players. I don't know. So I do know that this whole situation has exposed him a lot this year. So um, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch this slow burn continue to take place. For sure. So, man, we're 22 minutes in. Let's talk soccer. Let's talk uh, reflections on 2020. Yeah. Chris, from a soccer, from a so- I'm going to put you on the spot. From a soccer perspective, what are some of your reflections of well, 2020? Well, I'll, I'll start with the high school scene. I mean, you know, obviously back in the summer, we had no idea if there would be a season at all. And um, just looking back on it, I think for the most part, uh, I think most coaches and, you know, teams handled uh, – their season the right way they from what i saw they followed all the rules and and whatnot um i just uh, hopefully there's gratitude with that um i think that's one thing that needs to be you know reflected on is are these coaches and teams grateful they had the opportunity to play and um looking back on it now i mean it, everything went okay because obviously that, that was a big soccer concern for you know this year would there be a high school season um but it, Thing turned out okay right. for the most part. I mean, yeah, there was cases, and I know, you know, there was a team that had to pull out of the state tournament, which is brutal. But 
uh, yeah, you know, that's another thing. And I mean, starting this show and really connecting with you, that, that's been great for this year. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a good year, but a strange year for soccer. <laughs> Do you want to talk about any, what about your experience at Spalding so far? So far, yeah. I mean, you know, it's been different. Uh, we haven't really done much. We the, the entire fall has just been you know, conditioning stuff that we would normally do, right? you know, in the summer leading up to the season. Uh, but we did that and did a few inter-squad scrimmages, and it's been okay. Um, I'm just uh, looking forward to when they can play, you know, other teams other than themselves so I can see what the, what the college-level soccer looks like, you know. I, th- I think you're going to see it's a lot faster pace and a lot more physical, so right. – um, be prepared. Be prepared to see that. But I think, um, I think you're gonna. I think you'll have some fun with it. I really do. Yeah, yeah. March thirteenth. Uh, it's that's a tentative date. Uh, playing somewhere in Illinois, I believe. It'll be here before you yeah, know it. Yeah, for sure. It's funny enough. March thirteenth was actually the day that this COVID, you know, pandemic started. So funny. How about that? Soccer, wow. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, March thirteenth seems like three years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the day we found out. That's the day me and my wife found out we were pregnant with our daughter. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just uh, it's it, it, that feels like two or three years ago. It's unbelievable how I've never had a year like that. So, um, well, I think one some thoughts, some reflections I've had because I've been doing some driving over the last couple weeks and. Um, some reflections that I've had one thing, and and this might, this might apply to a lot of coaches and players, Chris, one reason I think that so many people struggled this year um, with being stuck at home with uh, the shutdown and everything is that um, they, you know, were forced being at home. They were forced to reckon with uh, their own flaws, you know, um, Nobody's perfect, right? And I think that when you can't go out with your friends or family, you know, those are the people that love you despite your flaws, or they're supposed to, right? Um, and I wonder if a lot of those people that weren't able to see their family or friends were forced to have some honest conversations with themselves um, uh, at their, ha- you know, alone or no, hopefully not alone in their house, but you know not being able to get out and about. um, I wonder if people had some honest conversations with themselves and didn't like what they heard or didn't like the questions to the answers that they had. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think that, uh, I think a lot of people had questions, you know, asked questions about themselves this year in their reflections, in their, maybe in their reckoning with, you know who they yeah, really I mean, are. I, I was, they didn't like the. Yeah, they didn't like the answers. Pretty much everybody, I think, not just you know athletes or. Uh, I think that'd be right something for everyone. Right, so I think that might be why so many people were more than willing this year to be nasty about things and so, and just you know borderline be in denial because, um, you know they ask they would ask themselves, "Am I this? Am I that?" And they probably didn't like the answers that they got because they weren't around those other people that give them validation. For sure. So, 
um, just that's something to think about. And hopefully, hopefully, one thing that comes out of this year for everybody is that they now know how to have honest conversations with themselves and accept their flaws. I'm hoping that's the case, at least. Right. Yeah. Let's hope. We'll see. <laughs> Again, you know, back to my last thing. I just hope, you know, these coaches and and programs and whatnot are just really just showing gratitude for the opportunity to get some kind of season in regardless of if it was, you know, five games or 10. So. Yeah. So, okay. So if you are a coach, right. Um, you know, we got a lot of coaches out there that have a lot to be proud of this right. year. Um, just given being there to give your kids a season. I've, I've said this time and again, and I'm going to say it again, you know, Nolan Cook pulled something off this year that I couldn't have done when I was his age. I know I couldn't have done it when I was his age. I don't think I could have done it this fall. And what he was able to pull off was, um, uh, was to me pretty, I mean, I'm going to use a big word here. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, uh, I wouldn't have been able to pull off what he pulled off when I was his age and I wouldn't have been able to do it this year. So hats off to him. You know, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's, it's not a bad year for considering right. circumstances and his first year there. I mean. Right. I mean, in terrible, under terrible circumstances, are we going to play or are we not going to play? Um, I mean, he, you know, I, I can't, and that's, that's a guy that, you know, won the district, but let's talk. I mean, your coaches that won region, your coaches that won state, um, you know, look got a lot of coaches out there that, you know, have a lot to be proud of. And I think that, one thing about this year, Chris, that I've learned is that you got to, I mean, there everybody struggled one way or another this year, right? Everybody was stuck at home at one point this year. They weren't able to do as much. And so it's easy to focus on the negatives. It's easy to focus on those flaws that I talked about. But what about your successes? What about your victories? You know, I'll use Coach Pryor down in Henderson County as an example. They had to pull out of the state right. tournament. You know, because somebody, you know, on the team that they beat, I believe, I think I, I may not, I may have my facts wrong here. He can feel free to correct me. Um, but from what I had seen, somebody from the team that they beat had been exposed, right? And it forced them to pull out. And there's some hurt there. There's some frustration there and everything, but I really hope he's looking back saying, man, I hope he's looking back and kind of, and kind of uh, saying, you know what? We pulled off something awesome this year. Don't know how we did it, but we did it. And um, I just hope that a lot of coaches are having those kind of conversations. Yeah. I mean, I know Mario, I I know for a fact he is, I was just talking with him a few weeks back about that. I mean, you know, from losing to manual five, one and just, looking awful in the field to later go on on and just fix everything up and win in the region during a year like that. I mean, that's just takes a really special group to do that, to overcome the adversity and just, right. you know, buy into what, to what he wanted and everything and, you know, walk away and end up going to state tournaments. So. You, you know, it's funny when you're successful and you're reflecting back on that success, you know what you, you know what, we tend to forget about sometimes. I feel like we forget about the struggle. You know, my wife tells me this all the time. Every time I want to uh, go back and do something or I'm talking about, you know, this past se- you know, or not this past season, but a, a season in the past, you know, she's called me out and said, sometimes I forget about, uh, sometimes I think you forget about 
the process and the struggle that that was. Sometimes I think you forget about how mad you were a lot of days when you'd come home from practice. And we'll get to that here in a second when we talk more about reflecting. But um, I think that happens when you're successful. All of a sudden, when you see your team celebrate and holding up a trophy, it's in a way it's kind of like having a pizza party, you know? You just spent 60 bucks on pizza for the team, and the kids say, thanks, coach, you know, you're just like, yeah, no sweat, no problem, guys, right? And when your team's holding up a trophy of some kind, all of a sudden, that whole process, that whole struggle you just went through, all of a sudden seems like a piece of cake, like a snap of the fingers, you know? And we know darn well that's not the case. I mean, that's to me, that's what success does, and that's why it can be so dangerous is that it helps us. It, it, it Sometimes it causes us to forget the struggle that we went through to get to that trophy presentation. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So anyway, so those are my thoughts. Uh, anyway, so let's, let's get into the questions and everything. Uh, we're going to see if we can keep this under an hour tonight. We need to, we got to start cutting down on this and I get the feeling that, uh, you know, I get the feeling that we got a lot of people that are thinking we talk too oh, much. I, hope I don't know. <laughs> well, it's all good stuff. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about, uh, what did we, who doesn't want to hear me rail about John Calipari? Yeah, right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's and, get into more of the reflecting stuff. So, you know, why do you think it's important or essential? That, that's definitely a 2020 word uh, for coaches to, you know, to reflect <laughs> and look back. Hey, on that note, what words from 2020 uh, do you never want to see again? I don't know. Uh I'm gonna throw. Can I throw? I'll throw one out there while you're thinking. Unprecedented. Yeah, I don't want to see the word unprecedented yeah, uh, ever again. I don't know. Maybe protesting. I mean, there's nothing wrong with protesting, but we don't need to be protesting. I just wish we would wouldn't have any more protesting over things that's, you know, that's awful, and we shouldn't need to protest about. Right. Uh, that'd be one. And okay. Oh, uh, All right. People saying but, to wear the mask what? over your nose and mouth. I mean, uh, people need to start doing that. That's, that's something that we, we're still hearing. I don't understand why people still aren't doing that. So, <laughs> um, it, hey, uh, it's it might be it might be time to give up that to give up that gripe. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. I, I'm still planning on uh, calling a couple corporate offices and reporting a couple uh, business establishments that weren't enforcing it. So, yeah, I am going to be that guy. So anyway, hey, I'm the dad that walks around the house getting mad about lights not being turned off. So um what do you expect yeah. what do you expect when I watch five people walk into the walk into the gas right. station without masks on? Anyway, so all right, so the first question is why reflecting is important or essential for coaches. And Chris, I think we're just like everybody else. Reflecting is how you get better, right? This year, this year. So in reflection of this year, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of people probably think this way. But as you get older, as you inch, as I inch closer to 40, I'm taking, I got less and less time for people. <laughs> you know, uh, you better bring, bring be bringing me some substance to your words. Um uh, if you're going to have a conversation with me of any, any dialogue with me, right? 
And uh, there were people uh, that I went to – I'll say what it is. There were people I went to high school with, Chris, that I removed from my Facebook. Um, a lot of it was over things I didn't agree with. But my frustration, Chris, was that you know these were people that are still thinking the same way now as they were when we were in high school. And to me, that's a huge problem. You know, where's the improvement, right? Where's the involvement? So let's bring it over to the soccer field, all right? Chris, is it fair to your players if you're still the same coach, uh, if you're still the same coach when they're seniors to your seniors as you were well, I mean, when they were fresh? It depends freshmen. on what kind of coach you were to start out. I mean, obviously, if you're an energetic, all right. you know, uh, happy-go-lucky coach that everybody – seems to like and why would you change that but um i don't know i mean just expand into mm-hmm. that more yeah but you can always right. get better though right perfect yeah okay so i think you i think it's a must if you want to win if you especially if you want to keep your seniors from um if you want to keep your seniors from getting senioritis if you want to make sure your seniors stay engaged then you better not be doing the same exercises uh, when they're seniors as they as they did when they okay, were freshmen. Yeah. See what I'm saying? You got to you got you got to upgrade. You got to upgrade every chance you get, and that involves reflecting. Um, you better be. I mean, I, I better be a better coach, a better coach now than I was three years ago. Otherwise, um, <laughs> success isn't going to last long. If you're not getting better, you're only getting worse. Um, and you can't, oh, by the way, those seniors I was talking about, uh, you can't ask them to be uh, better players or better people, uh, than they were when they were freshmen. If you're not doing the same thing, growing has to take place together, parallel to one another. Um, you know, so how often should coaches look back and, you know, well, it depends on how much your culture, your development, and winning means to you. If you put everything into your role as a coach, uh, you're probably reflecting all the time, for better or worse. Right? This is what makes this is what makes being a coach, especially like a high school coach or even a college coach, so difficult to you know balance between that and family life. Because even when you're home, sitting on the you know, if I'm sitting in the recliner with Luke and we're watching Curious George, right? Um, odds are I'm not focused on Curious George. I'm thinking about the game the other night. Know what I mean? Um, I'll I tell you what, the the Falls City uh, Fest that we went to in October, the weekend before we had Ava, right? I went and coached the tournament, and um, we got beat on Saturday, both games on Saturday. And the, and the first game, we just lost to a really good team, and – I'm not sure what I could have been. I'm just not sure we were in position to beat them. But the second game, Chris, we just could not get a, go- a get good opportunity. We couldn't generate any chances for ourselves. <laughs> we were like Man City. Wow. And uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I, I went there. <laughs> anyway, so um, so here's the deal. So I come home. So we lost one nothing, And I come home, and Chris, it's all I thought about all day, the rest of the day, trying to figure out – how are we going to be? Uh, how are we going to come back and do better? How am I going to get? How am I going to get this team to have scoring opportunities? What What do I got to do? I wanted to fix it right away, dude. You're at home. 
I was at home. There was no fixing it right there. So, and I lost sleep over it all night. And then the next day, you know, I, well, I thought of my ideas and then I felt, thought of an idea. And then I was just like, oh my God, can we get to tomorrow's game? Please, please, please. And the idea worked. We ended up winning the next game, two nothing. Um, but, uh, so that's what makes it difficult to be, you know, to balance that family life is reflection. A lot of times you're there, but you're really not because your head is thinking about the game, the practice and what you need to do to fix the problems that are driving you crazy. Um, so, so when I see a team making the same mistake over and over and over again, and it's not improving, I got to wonder how much time the coach is spending reflecting and trying to figure out how to correct those mistakes. You know, go back to U of L football this year, right? Uh-huh. No, let's go. Let's talk Man City, right? Chris, be honest. Be honest. How often, or how long is their scoring issue? How long uh, is their finishing been? It really started until this say? year because you know they're a team for the past few years in the EPL that's been known to, you know, put about five or six goals on opponents. Uh, so it, it just started really this, this yeah. season and maybe towards the end of last season. Um, not sure why. I'm not sure what the issue okay. is. I, I think a lot of it's just Pep wanting to, I don't know, just change things up. I don't think he has the right lineup. Okay, so do you think Pep is doing enough reflecting? Uh, I don't know I mean, on this issue. Yeah, because if it's a, if it's an every game if it's an sorry to interrupt you, but if it's an every game thing, it's like the turnovers in UFL football this year. I'm just looking at Scott Satterfield like, dude, when are you going to solve this problem? It's a turn. They're turning it over. That's a lack of discipline. You can fix that. No, I carry mean, on, Chris. I I'm sorry. Say, I don't. I don't think he really is um, on that level. I'm not sure if there's time to really do that because it's. You know, you only get so many days off and, and whatnot on, you know, playing a professional soccer team right. or coaching a team over there on that level. Um, but, no, there's definitely things that need okay. to be changed. Um, I think he needs to find a more consistent lineup and, I don't know, maybe bring in some new tac- uh, tactics and change, change things up. That's like, you know, Jose, uh, the uh, coach of the first. Yeah. Uh, He's playing Mar- counter attack style and yeah. you know defending for ninety five minutes and that doesn't work with everyone. We you saw what happened when they played Liverpool a few weeks ago uh, and that beat him. Uh, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a, he needs to reflect back and right. think, oh, you know, just because I've used this for all my career doesn't mean it's going to work today. Uh, that's right. Those are honest conversations, and you know what? Give you know what. You're doing when yeah. you have those honest conversations right. with yourself, you're reflect, you're reflecting, you know? So, but let me say this too, as well. Okay. You can reflect too much. Okay. Jay Gravatt would do it in the car. And I'm, it sounds like I'm, I'm talking about something else, but I'm not pervs. All right. Jay Gravatt would do it on the car on the way home, the shower, the bathroom, in the bed, in the copy room at school, in the school hallway. When you reflect that, when you reflect that, I'm talking about reflecting, all right? When you reflect that much, nobody's ever going to accuse you of not putting enough thought into your coaching, right? I don't think I could ever. Now, obviously, Dan Franklin, I was accused of not caring and all that, blah, 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 blah. It's BS. But for the most part, nobody has ever been able to give me a serious accusation, a credible accusation that I'm not putting enough thought into my coaching. But, Chris, what that does 
is it sets you up to try and accomplish too much into one or two training sessions, you know? So you can reflect all you want, but coaches, make sure you maintain a less is more mentality when it comes to planning your training sessions. You lose a game two to one, right? Last couple minutes, one of your fullback stabs, right? The attacker goes right around him, puts the ball in the net. That's game two to one. Chris, is was the stabbing uh, was the stabbing the main reason for no, my no, team losing it, that it game? Be. Uh... Okay, it wouldn't be. But what's the most glaring thing? And what's gonna the kid that did that? The kid that stabbed. What do we got to do to well, uh, I mean, get his I head on think back I would on straight? Pull him out and have a conversation with him. Uh, a deep one. Okay. So what are we working on tomorrow? Not, to practice yeah, right away. I mean, not not doing that. To I get guess, that take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to get the taste out of their mouth, right? So, yeah. So what I'm telling you, and this is something that, you know, uh, Coach Boyle asked me today on the podcast, what would it look like if I ever come back to the high school sideline? And this is one of them. You know, when I'm replaying the game in my head, or at least the last, you know, the last two minutes when that team is attacking, and before, you know, I'm I'm replaying everything. I'm replaying uh, a midfield, a defense, a CDM not being back in position. I'm replaying the outside mid not being back in position. I'm replaying uh, the terrible corner, the terrible decision on the corner kick that was made that led to that counterattack. Right, everything that preceded that you can blame that loss on, not just the kid. hope everybody's being able to follow here. Not just the kid that stabbed, right? Okay. I'm going to pause just so – there's, so there's five, three or four things right there that you need to fix, all in that one counterattack, right, that right. cost you the game. But we're going to pause it because the most dramatic thing that happened was your outside fullback stabbed at, stabbed at the attack – at an all-state attacker. He dribbled around and scored in the, with a minute and a half to go. Okay, pause right there. Jay, and I'm talking to myself in third person here. Jay, the only thing you're working on tomorrow in training is stabbing at the ball. That's it. The other stuff right. you'll get to as you go along. You're all, you see what I'm saying, Chris? You know, writing things down is a big part. And this is something I didn't do enough of either. Writing things down saying, okay, here's what costs us that game. Not getting back in defensive position, um, you know, a bad decision on the attack on our attack led to uh, a counterattack for them, and it put one of our inexperienced fullbacks in a bad spot. He stabbed, she stabbed, whatever. Attacker goes around him, scores game-winning goal. You know, you could write all those things down, and boom, you've got all your priorities set for that for the next week's Definitely. training. You know what sure. I mean? So I hope everybody was able to follow along with that. Forgive me if I, uh, forgive me if that wasn't the case. But I think every coach, every right. coach that's uh, listening, I'm, should know. What I'm going to go back about. to the Man City thing. So, uh, more I think about I it. Hope. Another thing is they're they're not really sure. Like they're just scared yeah. to create chances. They're they're not shooting the ball. They they love to walk it in, take the ball and walk it up to the goal, which is not good. And another thing, there's there's not really a whole lot of forwards that we have. Uh, Aguero is the main one, but he's been injured. Uh, Okay. Okay. So Pep can't tell those attackers, hey, next time yeah, you try he to walk the I'm ball sure. to the goal, I'm yanking you. Why he doesn't? Uh, yeah. 
Well, professional sports going to work a little bit differently. There are people in the front office that want those players out on the field um, right. because they they so, have the fattest contracts I mean, or whatever. Pretty much the same um, team that you know, or, two years ago yeah. that that won the EPL and was scoring, you know, four or five goals a game. And now we barely get two. I mean, right. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you just uh, scoring. You know, there's not many uh, players out there that just have a scoring mentality. Everybody wants to yeah. well, have that I perfect mean, shot on goal. Yeah. And, you have um, to, so. the only perfect. The only, yeah, yeah. The perfect. Uh, the only perfect shot is the one sure. that goes in the net. I don't care how it gets there. So, um, so Pep's got. It sounds like Pep's got yeah. some honest conversations with himself. I'm kind of over um, him, but here over the I next few months, they're not going to get rid of him. I don't think it's like they. Like what the EPL does with the other managers, they're not just gonna sack them. Uh, it, it would take a whole lot, I think, to get rid of him. So, it was... <laughs> all yeah. right, uh, yeah, back to yeah. This. So, yeah, should a player's amount of reflection time be <sighs> different than the coaches? It probably is, but the danger with players reflecting is that they have those insecurities that they don't want to reckon with their flaws. A lot of players, especially on the high school level, um, they still got those insecurities. They don't want to recognize that. Uh, they don't want to believe. I had a kid, you know, my first couple of years at Fairdale that just would not acknowledge the fact that he wouldn't go to his left foot. He just refused to go to his <laughs> left foot. And when I would bring it up, he'd say, nope, yes. you're seeing things. Fake news. And I'm like, dude, you've got to use your left foot. And he wouldn't acknowledge that he was ignoring his left foot, Right. And so it put us in a lot – he was a, a fullback, so it put us in a lot of bad positions, bad situations when we needed a good, strong clearance. So um, uh, so players have insecurities. They may not want to recognize them. Um, if they play poorly in one game too much, uh, too much reflection may cause them to play poorly in the next game. You know, it, so if you lose – don't let a, be- a team beat you twice. You know, you lose a game, you know, again, you lose a game two to one in the last minute and a half, you know, don't let that game cost you right. two or three nights later. You see what I'm saying? So when I was a player, one of my problems was, Chris, is that um, it would linger. I would not – I'd play bad in a game or I'd miss some scoring opportunities, and then two nights later we'd be playing again, and I, w- I would be insecure. Um, I lost my aggressiveness because of that, um, and I never really got it back. And so too much reflection, too much thinking. Sometimes you almost want to take the risk sometimes as a coach. And I know soccer's a thinking man's game and, uh, and everything or thinking woman's game. And, you know, you make 800 to 1,000 decisions per game. Coach, you might as well tell those kids, hey, guys, you're not going to get all those decisions right. If you make 800 decisions a game at least, 400 of them are going to be bad or aren't going to be right. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your time reflecting over 400 bad decisions in a game. And that's what I would do, Chris. I mean, if I'm being honest, I would think back and say, well, why did I do that wrong? Why did I do that wrong? Encourage your kids when they reflect coaches. Encourage your kids to pick out, give them a simple task, pick out one thing, that one bad decision they made, um, in the game last year. Yeah, night. so let and me focus on improving that. Story. Uh, in 2018, when we when I was we played over at Fairdale, okay. we uh, 
Butler did. It was tied 1-1 until, what, it was the last five minutes, right? Is that when Hate mm-hmm. failed in the class? Uh, yep. So, yeah, I mean, what what did you tell right. them afterwards, uh, you know, or something, you know, to reflect on of, you know, had we let in two goals in the last five minutes, what what could have we have done to avoid that? That's, that's a perfect, uh, you know, scenario. I'm trying to think who was the fullback. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think who the fullback was on our side that Hot Take got around. He had dribbled across. He had dribbled clean across the field, and we had already stabbed on him once or twice in the middle of the field. And then he got to our outside fullback on the opposite side, and he was able to get in scoring position after that. Um, you know, first thing, uh, I, I'm pretty sure like the next day at practice, I've told the kids, guys, for when we play them, we had a pretty good idea we were probably going to play y'all again one way or another. And I said, when we play them again, we play teams that have that have the athleticism or speed or skill that Butler has. You know, their feet are too quick. I think they're probably going to make their way around you if you try and stab at the ball. Just don't stab. Stay in front of them. Do what you got to do to stay in front of them. You know, whether you're, you know, and so we started working more on our backpedaling and everything. We started working more on our communication on the back line and all that. And Chris, I'd say after that game, we probably just focusing on that. After that game, our defense improved more and more. Um, so I just gave it a, you know, it was a simple remedy. We felt like, you know, we gave up those two goals in the last five minutes. Uh, no, the last one probably just, we were, we were just dead dog tired, but the, uh, the second one, um, I think that it was just, you know, poor technique defensively and it was a simple glaring problem and we were able to focus on it. Otherwise I felt great about the game. There wasn't a whole yeah, lot to, you know, be, to be upset about more, besides that. More chances to score than you all did, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that was yeah, a fun yeah, game yeah, to watch. Yeah. I still, that was, that's one of the games I still remember yeah. pretty vividly. Um, all those games. Yeah. Was had a good crowd that night. Yeah. It was a good game. We. All right. Yeah. Last, yeah. <laughs> last two yeah. questions here. Well, uh, okay. You know, what – what should a coach reflect on in general? Man, for me, it was everything. And, um, I mean, for all the way from who needs to be carrying coolers to formations and tactics, um, the question becomes just how much can you refine your work as a coach and the way you run your program? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about those things constantly. Who needs to be who, – who is – who is best suited to be carrying coolers every day? Who needs to be helping with equipment? You know, who needs to, um, how do I need to address this kid uh, about their grades? How do I need to address this kid about their attitude on the bench last night? Just things like there's so many things to, to reflect on. And, you know, one thing that I need to come to grips with, and I think every coach does, no. you're not going to be able to solve every one of those problems, you know, so pick the ones that you're going to have the best chance at solving or, Hey, listen, I mean, if depending on, you know, make a list of the ones you want to solve on Monday, make a list of the ones you want to solve on Tuesday. And if a parent calls and says, Hey, why am I getting get enough playing time? You say, look, I was planning on addressing this on Thursday. Can I call you back after that? I mean, I know that sounds nuts. That's, I know that sounds crazy, but that's how we keep our mental health. That's how we keep uh, ourselves, orga- our thoughts organized. Um, you know, and uh, that's uh, – we can't just – you know, 
I lost a lot of sleep after games, wins and losses, because uh, especially when I was coaching high school, because I would uh, yeah, I try to re- I would definitely. reflect on everything. Okay. Uh, the last one here: When or where are your favorite times to reflect? Used to be now that I've got now that I've got kiddos and now that I'm not doing high school, it's um, uh, I, I don't do this. I didn't do it this year, but um, when I've coached high school in the past, I would um, uh, I'd usually take that weekend after our season was over, a couple weekends after that season was over, and I'd drive down to home to visit, uh, go back where I grew up, down a fancy farm, and the thing about that is that long and a lot of times I've taken that drive by myself, right? That long drive down the West Kentucky Parkway in 65 and everything, it's, you know, a four-hour drive. So you've got time to reflect and think about things and look back and what worked and what didn't work. The honest conversations you need to have with yourself about what you did well at, what you were terrible at as a coach and a teacher. Um, so those long drives I've always enjoyed. That's That's been reflection time. Uh, the shower sometimes even. Um uh, working out, if I'm on a jog, if I'm lifting weights, that's good reflection time. Hiking is great reflection time. Um, every now and then I'll listen to music. I'll go to the movies. Well, I used to go to the movies. Now not so much anymore. Um, those are great times to, you know, a lot of times music or movies will uh, get your brain to start. If you feel like you've just, oh, my God, I got, I got to unplug my brain for a little bit. It recharges your brain a little bit, and it generates some new ideas. If you hear a line in a movie that you can use with your team, if there's a lyric in a song you can share with your team to get the to get a add another perspective, those work. And then church, you know, uh, church was a great time to reflect and try and have those honest conversations with yourself. So there are a lot of places, and I'll and Chris, I'll add this: that might be another reason why people struggle this year because there are there are places where they go to unwind where they go to have those honest conversations with themselves where they go to reflect those places they may not have had access to this year definitely and that could have yeah. been a reason people struggled for sure well wow what a what a discussion this was i can't believe this is the last one of the year you know we, we've really come a long way with this this show i mean at least i know right Yeah, and we're honest, only yeah, getting I mean, better. Were, we're only going to get better. Wasn't expecting to so. do this, you know, in 2020, uh, a podcast, but hey, it's been fun. It, uh, it has been, yeah, for sure. It has been. It's been very, very therapeutic. And one, what I'm most excited about in 2021, again, we want to hear other coaches' stories. So if you're a coach listening, uh, you know, DM me or Chris. And tell us, hey, you want to get on the show and you want to talk about this, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, don't don't hesitate to do that. All right, and uh, we'll be putting out some all calls for that here uh, over the next week or so. Um, I'm really excited about the the direction we're going to take this, yeah, me this too. show in 2021. Yeah. I'm really pumped about fun. it. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So, uh, what book are we talking about? Are we talking about Prime? Or are we talking? Yeah, about, uh, and weren't you? You're uh, working book on number two, which book still well, doesn't have you? a working title. <laughs> that was on the to do list. I think I'm going to go ahead and try to tackle that next summer. You know, it would um, be a good illustrator. Uh, for that. I think just right now, uh, reach out to us, I'm still uh, Jerry Lawler. I don't know if you ever seen his artwork. But he does amazing work. I don't know how probably we get a hold. Yeah, of him. yeah, uh, yeah. 
My my one hang up with doing a children's book is that illustrations do tend to be expensive. So production costs on that on a children's book would probably be a little bit more yeah. than kind of, uh, what it was for Prime. So that's something to that's sure gonna, that's going to be something that. to consider. We'll try when I cry. I'll be ready to. <laughs> oh. I'll be ready to play that team. Yeah, and on also schedule. about Prime. If you want to, you know, so. give your plans. I know we've discussed it before, but just any new thing you came up with. How to? Well, um, well, uh, actually, at uh, the four v four tournament on Saturday at Mockingbird, um, uh, they've given Mockingbird's given me the green light to sell some copies at the tournament on Saturday. So if you're going to be there and you're looking to buy a copy of Prime, uh, come find me. I'll be set up somewhere in that building, um, ready to uh, ready to sell you one. Um, going to try and get them all autographed before Saturday. So. Um, or I may just do it there and I'll even tell uh, I'll even say, <laughs> I'll even sign whatever you want me to sign in it. <laughs> so assuming it's appropriate. <laughs> so, uh, that's where we're at. So this would actually be my first, I guess, physical, uh, this will be, these would be my first physical transactions of prime, uh, this coming Saturday. So hopefully there's more Definitely. to come oh, yeah. in 2021. Sure like it's, we'll see. It's doing well on Amazon. I think we're going to target. I also, Chris, I also think we're going to target public libraries on this. I think um, I, I uh, got in touch with West WKU the other night and uh, yeah. asked them about coming down and talking about the book and selling it. And they really the, things right. are things are moving pretty slowly on college campuses right now. So um, oh, that, that's great. looks like we could uh, be going the public library Airplay route library. Um, at some point this year. Um, I've been to a public library since I, I lived over there. Okay. But, um, I remember okay. they used to have some of your brochures in there when y'all did those uh, camps, those summer camps at Fairly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, I'm sure they oh, wow. would take okay. copies yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're going to – I think they will. I'm going to try and go to um, uh, Fairdale Public Library, Iroquois Public Library, um, yeah. I feel like it's Such important that I do some of these place. on the south Iroquois, end for sure. Uh, library, is, um, they do so much with kids and everything. Yeah, I've been in there a couple times. Yeah, um, so um, I'm going to try and do as many uh, appearances on the south end as I can. Um, I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping to uh, get into the public libraries out in the state, um, and then of course. We, with our training and everything uh, this year, I'm I'm ready to do. I am in position to do the team camps this summer. Coaches, DM me. Let's get this thing set up. Uh, you know, if you feel like your team is needs a fresh voice to come in for a couple days and reinforce what you've been telling them since last fall, please, please, please uh, get in touch with me. I want to help you. So, um, awesome. so get yeah. in touch hey, and let's else? make it happen. Have we missed here. I can't think of anything else. Um, it's just, you know, 2020 again, it's as crazy as year as it's been and as tragic as a year as it's been. Guess what? We're talking about all the good things that happened and there were a lot. Um, I, I want to, I want to remind people and mostly I see a lot of people saying 2021 is going to be so much better and everything. I'm like, no, you know, a calendar doesn't take away your problems. Um, um, you know, uh, 
what, bad luck, um, you know, whatever. All the issues that we have now aren't going to magically go away on January 1st at midnight. So um, go ahead and start working towards whatever you're trying to fix. Go ahead and start working towards it now because at the end of the day, it's all about you. I think we're in more, way more control, and I'm lecturing too much and I need to shut up, but I'll say this. We're in way more control of what happens in front of us than we realize. So um, let's take advantage of the powers that we have as as individuals and let's solve some of those issues on ourselves uh, for ourselves. Um, right. And quit relying yeah. on the calendar just, to do just it for a number. us. <laughs> it is. It's just another year. The haircut, all years are the same. The months and the dates and are all in the, the same older place. Yet, the, the faster um, they go. Maybe by. not always on the same day. So. The only, uh, that is correct. You're going to find yeah. that. You're going to find that out here in the next couple of years for sure. I promise you. So anyway, yeah, all right. Well, great way. job tonight, Chris. Um, happy new year. Um, and let's, uh, let's thank all of our listeners. They've been fantastic this year and uh, we can't wait to, we can't wait to talk your ears, your all's ears you. off again in 2021. Be ready for that guys.